This is the Horse Radio Network. Well, hi, everybody, and welcome back to HRN Live at 5. It's good to have you here. We appreciate you joining in. As usual, you can put in the comments where you're from. We would like to know where you're from. Uh, I'm Glenn Geek, founder of the Horse Radio Network and host of the most popular podcast in the horse world, the Daily Horses in the Morning Show, which we did this morning, had a lot of fun. So if you're looking for some light entertainment, take a listen to this morning's show. We had some great guests on, and we talked about Equitana. Might be the best, our next big event you get to go to in September as far as the horse world's concerned. And it is still on. I'll give you a spoiler alert. It's still on. They're still preparing for Equitana in September at the Kentucky Horse Park. So take a listen to this morning's Horses in the Morning to get all the details for that. I've had a lot of listeners ask me to have a lawyer on the show to speak about wills. In a recent survey I did of our listeners, 68% said they didn't have one, and that's a huge number. So today, joining me will be Mario Correa from Korea Law to speak about wills, especially as they pertain to the horse world and horse people and our animals are concerned. But before we get started on today's Live at Five for the horse world, I am reducing my schedule back to uh, like three nights a week for the HRN live at fives. It was pretty much killing me to do two live shows a day. So we're going to be back again Wednesday night at 5 p.m. You can also watch this whole live stream later on uh, on this Facebook page, or you can catch it, the audio version in your podcast players on Horses in the Morning. That'll be up first thing in the morning. So if you didn't catch the whole thing, don't worry about it. Uh, hi, Carol from North Carolina. Please put where you're from. If you have any questions about wills as we go through tonight, post them and I will try and get to them with the attorney. Uh, disclaimer, we are not medical or financial professionals and we are not offering you advice in any way and what you should or should not do to, you know, where the health of you or your horses are concerned. And as always, I start with a couple of positive stories. One is I'm back and uh, feeling much better after a week. Uh, well, we were working all week, but I wasn't doing any live shows. I wish I could say my voice is better, but I'm about to lose that again, I think. The Red Sox Foundation created a something called the Food Insecurity Fund to help those in Boston area. And what happened is uh, people who are eligible will receive a $250 grocery vendor gift card subject to available funds. And they funded it with $300,000 of startup money and additional support from Red Sox players and coaches and ownership and other organizations. And that's being added to all the time. So that's a pretty cool thing that uh, one of the groups in the baseball world is doing. Also, y'all heard about him. He was the the World War II veteran in England that's hiking in his backyard, back and forth with his walker. He wanted to raise $1,000, and he wanted to do that before he basically walked 100 lengths of his garden before his 100th birthday, which is on April 30th. Well, uh, he kept walking, and he kept raising money, and then it became very popular worldwide. And after a week's time, uh, Captain Tom Moore has raised $33.7 million. It is the largest individual fundraiser in the history of the United Kingdom. Uh, and he, he is as shocked as anybody, by the way. He expected to raise the 1,000 pounds just walking in his backyard from his fellow vig- villagers who would come out and watch him. Uh, but then it just got on the news, and it went from there. And so Captain Tom Moore has now raised $33.7 million for the NHS Charities Together Fund. So uh, good on him for what he did, doing something good before his 100th birthday. And that's coming up on April the 30th. So early happy birthday to to Captain Tom. 
All right, now I'm going to bring Mario on, who's an attorney out of Chicago. Hi, Mario. How you doing? Good. Good to have you. Thank you so much for joining us. Absolutely. Good. So 68% of the poll that I did with our listeners didn't have a will. Is that normal, higher than usual, or about right? I think that's unfortunately normal. Um, You know, preparing a will or planning is like one of those times, like going to the dentist. You know, you, you should do it, but you never want to. Yeah, that drilling is hard. (laughs) But that's what it is, because what you have to do, my wife and I went through this. We don't have kids, so that made it even more difficult, right? Mm -hmm. I think it's more difficult when you don't have kids. Oh, yeah. Um, or if you hate your kids, I guess. Mm-hmm. But uh, we we had to go decide where to go. You know, what do you right. do with it? Now, we don't have that much, but life insurance adds up, you know, and adds up to be a chunk of change. Mm-hmm. And then we had the care of our horses and, and all of that to worry about. So mm-hmm. we have the same cares, only a little bit different. I know we have a lot of uh, listeners who are parents or who aren't parents who are older without kids, and they, they're mm-hmm. running into the same issues. Right. So let's, let's talk about all of that tonight. Let's talk mm-hmm. about what do you do step by step step to get a will how are the animals come into play how can we take care of our animals get them to go where they should so they don't end up at an auction Mm -hmm. um but let's start first and i used to be a financial planner for many years so i know a little bit about this Mm -hmm. uh let's start what happens when you die intestate now that means without a will right well what happens is it depends on the each state has a rule but basically intestate means that your state will have basically a will written for you like a default will and some of the things it'll say, like I'll talk about Illinois because that's where I'm from. So a lot of what I'll be talking about it applies to Illinois, although the rules tend to be similar from state to state. Yeah, they're state. similar most states. So, yeah. so yeah, so it's so a little transition. But normally in Illinois, what will happen is it'll say half your assets go to your spouse and half your assets go to your kids. If you don't have a spouse or a kids, then they start going up a family tree and start going out. So you don't have to get something about parents and siblings and so on and so forth, uncles. And they'll start going out further and further into the family tree until we find some people to give the assets to. Does that get really messy in a divorce and they both have kids situation? It gets really me- That does get really messy. Like some of the issues that we end up seeing a lot of litigation over um, is that you, when you have um, a house, that's their example. Well, when, and it was owned by the deceased spouse. Once that, once that deceased spouse dies, that house is half owned by the surviving spouse and half owned by the kids. So here's what becomes a problem. If the kids and the parents don't get along, then I've been involved in litigation where we've tried, where the kids have tried to take away the house from the surviving parent. Did the, so basically the surviving parent would have to buy the kids out, right? Right. Yeah. In order, in order, in order to work that out. And then, and then, and then, you know, and people, and I hear clients all the time say, well, why would I have to worry? I get along with my kids. And the problem is you get along with your kids. If your kids have any creditor issues, then, you know, the, the creditors step into the shoes of the kids. If your kids are going through the divorce, the, the spouse would be a creditor and would step into the shoes of the child. And now you have a problem because now you own assets with somebody you're not getting along with and aren't, might not be as agreeable to let you stay there. Plus, you'd be shocked in all the years I did, not you, the, the audience would be shocked, uh, the things, stupid things that kids fight over when parents die. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable because it, it becomes a, um, an issue of, you know, a will isn't going to fix a family. I, I wish it could. Any doc, no document's going to fix a family. Um, so there are underlying issues that get exasperated when a patriarch or a matriarch dies, when somebody at the head of the family dies. All of a sudden, these you know these issues boil to the top because they're stressful times, 
And I've seen fighting over furniture, for over a vase, over jewelry. I've seen a ton of jewelry disappear. You know, I bet so. that happens a lot here. <laughs> <laughs> so, so we have all these issues. That's that easier to make disappear that. than the armoire. You know, it's right, like yeah, right, yeah, right. Exactly. Well, that's <laughs> <laughs> and the other issue is that people like they started like um, you have kids that are estranged to the parents and all of a sudden want to be like hyper vigilant about everything that the, the uh, kids that were taking care of the parents were like, where were you all these years? And, you know, so a lot of issues boil up to boil up. So that's what happens in test state. Okay. So before we go on, mm -hmm. uh, I had a couple of specific questions about this okay. from, from listeners. So, and I'm not going to use names here because I don't want to embarrass anybody, okay. but uh, when the last parent passes and they have no will, does the estate automatically go to the oldest blood related child or the oldest child? And I, I don't know where this question came from, but must be that was like 1600s in England, maybe. You know. <laughs> <laughs> but, but no, not, maybe if you're a baron. Uh, but yeah, yeah there's yeah. a baron. Well, actually, there's historical context for that because what happened was they they were trying to keep the land. You wouldn't want to subdivide the land um, in 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 uh in like the 1600s. But now modern intestacy laws would split it up evenly among the kids. Does that include so if, if it is a joint marriage, it, and you get you've gotten married and there's kids from both sides, does that include your stepchildren or not? No, it does okay. not. It does okay. not. It only includes lineal descendants, and it actually gets messed. So blood yeah. kids, basically. So blood kids, they go yeah, they go yeah. by blood. Okay. All right. Well, that makes sense. All right. So this is another one. And I was surprised how many of the, these stories showed up on this thread is my sister passed at a young age in an accident last June with no will. It was a nightmare. She had seven horses, four dogs, two pet rats, chickens and a feral cat. Well, I can I can tell you where you can get rid of the pet rats when you have feral cat colony. But that's just that's a different story. Um, and she had to deal with all of that. And it got to be a nightmare because the sister didn't have have a will. Yeah, well, you don't have any instructions. A will is just basically a set of instructions. So what happens is at least you're laying out your set of instructions. And we can talk when we're talking about will, and I don't want to get too complicated, but we can also talk about trust because at least trust we can handle privately. But think of a will as a set of instructions where you say, this is how I want things to go. And think about the situation when you're placed, when you're, you have seven animals, you're dividing among three or four people. And how are you going to do that? And that's the problem is you're, you're going you're gonna to have to divide it in a way that the decedent might not have wanted. Or know? the kids don't want, hate horses. They don't want the horses and they end up selling them to an auction and they end up in, in, a, in a factory in Mexico. I mean, that's, that's the that's other. The problem. That's right. the problem. Yeah. yeah. Your beloved animals all of a sudden going away where, 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 uh, and the law, I'm going to tell you, the law treats animals like any other asset. They treat it like a car. They'll treat your horses like, you know, a motorcycle. They're just going to treat it like an asset. And if that's not the relationship you have with your, with your horse, then you really should consider some alternatives. All right. So that leads us to the next thing is kind of give us the Reader's Digest version of how to get a will. All right. The way, the way you get a will is the best way is get, a, get an experienced attorney. So how do you find a, an experienced attorney? You can go on Google and look at the reviews, you know, see if they, do, they specialize in that area of law. Um, that way... That way, you're at least dealing with somebody. And what do we search for? Family law, a state law. Uh, yeah, search wills and trusts. Search um, preparation of a will. Search preparation of a trust or estate planning is another common one. And find somebody local to you because this is somebody hopefully you develop a relationship with. 
and then start working with the, the attorney and you're going to be able to tell whether they have a lot of experience in the area. Ask them questions about your animal. Ask them questions about how, how they would be handled. Ask them the questions about whether, whether they've done pet trusts before, whether they've done pet directives before. You know, ask them those questions so that if, you know, just know that how much, and how many they've done. I mean, we're doing, you know, personally, we're doing about three to four wheels a week. Has you know, that so gone up doing, since this whole thing? It actually has. Yeah. It was surprisingly. Um, you know, so. Well, I mean, you know, that's the reason you're sitting here is we all started thinking about our mortality right. where that, we that, never that, thought about it before. 68% apparently. Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. And you, don't, and you don't realize how important it is because it's, it's easy to do. Once you get, once you take that next step, because you can get get it all different price ranges. I mean, there's not a lot of barriers to getting a will, and it has a big impact on the back end. It has a big impact, both personally and financially. Well, financially- well let me oh. before you get onto that. When I come to you and I say, "Okay, Mario, I want you to do our will," what mm-hmm. decisions am I going to have to make? Well, first, you're going to have to make the decision of, I, I and when you, when we come to meet with somebody, we're going to ask you not only about death, we're going to talk about disability. So we're going to come in and we're going to and ask you, in the event you become you pass away, who's going to handle your finances? Who's going to handle your assets? And then the, you start identifying. And the that's people. the executor, the person who handles the that's the distri- yeah. the the uh, paperwork, basically. Right. The yeah. executor and and you know the exec and, and there's different offices because I we use the term will, but we could also use a trust, which is very similar to a will, but it, it goes on longer. So it's, it's just like a will, but it's just a set of instructions that goes on for a period of time. Um, Either will, case, you have somebody in charge of that. Yes, you have somebody okay. in charge of that, and that's your executor. And then you then the other the, the other decision you're going to make is who's going to handle your remains. And you could have more than one executor. So you could have an executor, or you could have a subtrust for, or inside the will for your pet. So you could literally leave assets for your pet or for your horse. You could have money set aside for your horse. And you can be as creative as you want to be with those set of instructions. And we generally get pretty creative. The, the nice thing about working with an experienced professional is they'll tell you the consequences. So some, you know, we, and there's a lot of back and forth when we design our, our customized wills because we're learning information that's unique to the client's family and what's unique to their animal and what costs are associated with their animal and what, what kind of level of care they want to make sure that their horse receives. So we're, 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 getting a, we're getting an insight of that, and then we're structuring and budgeting around that, so we make sure we set enough money aside so that that happens. So i got to make a couple decisions. I have to decide who's going to be the executor, who's the one that's going to handle the, the paperwork, and that's usually right. a family member that uh, is a little better with uh, numbers and Absolutely. Uh, an organization. Yeah, um, and, somebody, and somebody who could run around and, uh, and someone who knows how to be able to work, work with an attorney, right? Or call an attorney right. an accountant. Right. And then I have to decide who gets what, okay? And that includes the animals, right? And, right. you know, who gets the, you know, the mater- most of the material assets, most of the, the, the dollar amount mm-hmm. um, after things are sold or whatever, who gets the house and all of that. Uh, that can be different over than who gets the animals because in my right. case we don't have kids so probably who gets the majority of the assets except for what's going for the care of the animals will be somebody different than who gets the animals right yeah and you could yeah you absolutely could designate a caregiver for the animal you could lay that out in a trust or oh, will you lay it out yeah you can lay it, and and where does a pet directive we hear about that talked about a lot in the horse world mm-hmm. the pet directive 
Now, we the way we incorporate here in Illinois is we'll actually incorporate it into the trust itself. So we'll have a trust designed, and we can both do it inside of a will, which is a testamentary trust, or we can do a separate trust, which is a living trust, and then we'll direct how the animal is going to be cared for. Now, when you do that, there's a difference if you're just giving the animal to someone. That's very different than if you're having somebody take care or oversee the animal. If you're just giving it to someone, then you can just have a transaction set aside to identify that person as a beneficiary, and that's who the animal is going to go to. Now, some clients um, have a special relationship with their animals. They want to make sure that they can't be care that there's a certain level of care that's adhered to, and they'll go one step further and start setting aside a set of instructions so there's a little bit of overview and care for the animal. And you even go as far as to take a look, okay, a horse average life is 28 years, uh, the horse is 20, so we're going to put eight years worth of assets aside for the care, right. Yeah. Okay. And we'll Uh, do do that, and we'll, yeah, we'll use a formula, and, you know, and we've, we've done that in several trusts. And, and I know a lot of people will talk to rescues, therapy program not rescues, but therapy programs, people who use the horses for therapy and things like that. And we'll talk to them ahead of time before they even put it in the will and say, sure. you know, are these the kind of horses that you would want? And, and it's arranged ahead of time that way, too. Right. And animal sanctuaries we see, too. Or, and, and then there'll be a donation that'll, that'll come with the animal. So we've done that, too. What's the biggest hang-up people have? Is it just in my case, you know, without kids, it's deciding who got what, right? I mean, that's the right. hardest thing to do. We have nieces and nephews, but a lot of them are grown and doing very well. I mean, it's just it's a tough thing. Well, what I see the hang-up is really is um, the one of the big battles is um, first off, what what is fair? The concept of fairness is always a big battle. So, yeah, are we gonna is equal always fair? You know, because you, you see parents struggling. Now, the problem with going away from equal is you could cause ha- um, family disharmony. Oh, no, um, it will cause family disharmony. <laughs> it will. <laughs> so my, well, my position is you should always disclose it then. You should always be, yeah. you know, as long as you're disclosing, then they can at least blame mom and dad and not blame, not blame the, 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 uh, the sibling or whoever is the one who got the little bit of extra. So, and what is fair? Because sometimes kids... And that might be a disability that's causing that. And, you know, the other... The, you have two kids. One one has a disability of some sort, and the other one's doing very well as a neurosurgeon. Mm-hmm. You know, it, right. yeah, yeah, yeah. And we see when we see that, or once, and one one that I see very common is once taking care of mom or dad in their mm-hmm. as as they age, and you know, should they be should they be compensated for some of that? And and you're right, disclosing that to all the kids ahead of time is uh, is a better plan. That's our, that's our position. You know, the the different lawyers take different positions on it, but I. I, I prefer transparency. So, um, you know, one of the questions you always get is, one, how much does it cost? Uh, sure. And, it, you know, the, the, the rote answer is it costs a hell of a lot less than dying intestate. Right. Um, but what, let's give them a more practical answer. Let, let's, and, and, you know, and, and the changes are depending on the area. Okay. So, so for, for, a tr- for, a, for a will... And normally for a will, and this is a really, you, you have to consider how an attorney operates. We really do operate based on time, how much time it's going to take. So for us to prepare a will, we're going to prepare powers of attorney for property and how we're going we're to do, do more than just a will. But um, you can, So a living will is included in that, whether I right. want to have resuscitation, all that stuff. All that stuff is included because as long as we're having a conversation, let's have a complete conversation and address as much as we can for 
comparable price. And, and, you know, that living wills are something that's really come up in all of this. Uh, you know, mm-hmm. you know, and I've read so many stories of people who have been in the hospital with COVID and decided not to go to the resuscitator and, you know, the, the, mm-hmm. you know, to, to go to that extra step. Um, because that's not what they wanted. That's not what they wanted. And you make that clear in advance. And then the problem is who's going to be the decision maker. Cause you, that's another way you cause family disharmony is if you have an even number of people or kids, you know, who's going to be the decision maker. That's can the kids other... overwrite the living will? Uh, the kids cannot. Now they can, in Illinois, they cannot override the, the health directive. Got it. Okay. Um, but our health direct only only the agent gets to select. So in Illinois, they they make you select one. Gotcha. Okay. So one of the kids has to make a decision. Right. Yeah. And then you then what you're able to do is control the scope of their authority. So can you give me a range of what we're looking at expecting to pay? Um, you're figuring for for a will. Uh, you're figuring under a thousand dollars. So maybe five hundred thousand dollars is is the range you'd expect for a, for one will. Now, a trust takes it to a next level, and what a trust mm-hmm. does is it controls the assets for a longer period of time. So if I have a kid that's uh, 18 years old, and I know if I die tomorrow, this child that's 18 should not get a half a million dollar life insurance policy, right? right. Because by 19, it's going to be gone. Mm-hmm. So I want, I want to say, okay, in my will, I would mm-hmm. like to say I want that child to start getting a certain amount at the age of 21 every year. And then maybe the bulk of it at thirty. Uh, mm-hmm. That I need a trust for. That's where right. the trust comes in. Right. Okay. Right. Tr- trust is a, over a longer period of time where you have some level of supervision. And there's a lot of other benefits beyond that. I mean, who controls the trust then, and like where the money's invested and all of that stuff? That would be the trustee, which is like the executor. That's why we really look at it as really. There's only when you do any estate planning. There's two hats you're looking at. Two, two, two really conceptually broad pictures. You look at somebody who handles money and somebody who handles people. So you normally have the, the let's say there's two kids in the family and one is really, you know, uh, very diligent with numbers, but not good with people. And the other is really good with people, but not good with numbers. Um, one would probably be that one would be ideal for the healthcare power of attorney and the health decision side. And the other one would be a good trustee or good executor side. Crunching the numbers, investing the money and doing all of that. That's right. Okay. So, um, this is a question I'm sure you get a thousand times a day. It's a question that came up from one of our listeners. Can I make my own will using LegalZoom or a similar service, or do I need to hire an attorney? You know, the problem the problem with not hiring an attorney, you know, and, 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 and I'm not a big fan of those services because they can cause more problems than they create because you don't know the questions you have. So it's like junk in, junk out. It's not that expensive to talk to an attorney to be able to tell them that whether you should be even talking about a will or should you be talking about a trust or should we be talking about a much more sophisticated type trust? And a lot of that is depends on the person and their exposure and what their what their goals are. And their assets and whether they own a big yeah. farm or, you know, whatever. Right. And that, yeah. that, makes a, that makes a lot of difference. And we haven't talked about a lot of the other ancillary benefits like uh, asset protection. And there's all these other ancillary benefits. It might be the scope of beyond this conversation. But you don't even know if that applies to you. You know, like, you know, you need to have a conversation with somebody and say, yeah, these these are these are your blind spots or these are the issues you don't know about in you under your circumstances. And with the document prep service, you just don't get any of that. So, you know, it's just like, uh, would you do you want to do you want to handle your horse's veterinary care or do you want to have a vet do it? Uh, you right. Know, right. Yeah. 
in some things you can handle the veterinary care on your horse and a lot of things you can't. Uh, so, so now, um, this is fun. I had never heard of before. Uh, so I have heard you can write down what you want to go to whom, like a will, make your own up, mail it in a sealed envelope to yourself, and it's considered legal as a will. Is that true? Did they get that out of a TV show or movie? It must have been out of a TV show. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> because that, that's not at all how it operates. Actually, will there's um, will, wills are a big deal. Right. Giving up your assets with a document is a big deal. There's actually a very strict formality we have to follow. Um, most states follow that you need two witnesses and you need to sign in front of those witnesses. And the witnesses need to fi- sign in front of you and in front of each other. Oh, and so the two witnesses have to be there together. To be there together. And if those strictures aren't followed, that could in some states invalidate the will. Is there a notary also required or the two witnesses? No, the notary, for Illinois, the notaries are not required, but then then you'd have to prove up the will when the person dies, let's say two decades later. You can use a notary, what's called a, a self-proving affidavit that we see in a lot of different jurisdictions, which is basically uh, sufficient. It's an affidavit which is which substitutes the need to come into court two years later you know, when the person dies to say, yeah, we witnessed this. What happens if the witnesses are dead? We try to prove we, we, we have to put up proofs. So if the witnesses are dead, now if you did the self-proving affidavit, that's all you need. So you don't need the witnesses in court. Right. Okay. But if, that's why you have a notary. So no, that's why you normally have a notary. So if you don't, if you have the notary, you don't. And they know, and they notarize that they're witnessing all the signatures, right? The right, they're notarizing yeah. that the formalities are followed. So right. and and a, and a court will accept that affidavit. I've actually seen. I had a case where people like they they do one of these self like when he's filling the blank wills and they didn't do the self-proving affidavit. So what they had to pay an attorney fees to, for us to find everybody, for us to make a, a in-court presentation that this was a valid legal document was a fraction, you know, it would have been a fraction of the cost to just hire an attorney to do a simple will. Got it. Well, that makes sense. Um, so, you know, I guess, you know, we, uh, horse people have uh, have a couple of different things. You have the farms. Usually, you know, a lot of cases you'll have a farm, which is a little bit bigger of an asset. Yeah, those are you also have life insurance in many cases. Can the life insurance be treated differently than what's in the will or is life insurance included in the will? Oh. or is it, Because it has a beneficiary and goes direct right. to the beneficiary, is it excluded from the will? It's excluded from the will. So the beneficiary designations override the will. Um, but the problem is this is people try to do planning with their beneficiary designations. And if you're giving away everything pursuant to beneficiary designations, then what assets are left to do the funeral expense? Now that might be fine. If you only have one person, you're giving everything to. Yeah. But in our case, we deal a lot with uh, multiple beneficiaries. So who's responsible for the last, the, 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 the funeral expenses, who's going to be responsible for that. If we don't have the repository for all those assets. What happens if, okay, you uh, next thing, next uh, thing that always came up, I don't have much, why do I need a will? I mean, you know, well, will doesn't cost much when you're doing a simple will. So if you don't have much, you're just doing it for ease of transition for the assets. Um, and that if, could be a car or, you know, whatever assets they have. Right. I mean, it, it, you know, and, and you never know what you're going to pass away with. You know, you might not have a lot of assets today, but that might not be the truth, you know, a year or three years from now or four years from now. You can inherit something from somebody else. 
Um, so it just, it just provides clarity. And that's the nice thing. A will is a good fit for somebody who doesn't have a lot of assets. When, we, when you have some more assets, a house, some resources, then you start having a trust conversation. Oh, I don't like one of my kids. He's a really, real jerk. And I just want to totally cut him out and give everything to the other one. Yeah. I can do that? You could absolutely do that. Um, Illinois, the United States does not, other, unlike other countries, because there are countries that have inheritance rights. Um, in the United States, uh, the continental U.S., because Puerto Rico does does have um, inheritance rights. Um, in the continental U.S., yeah, you, you can certainly disinherit somebody. But don't do this. This is an amateur thing that I see people do, is do not say, I give a dollar to somebody. For some reason, there, that was on a TV show somewhere, and people feel like... I think it's been on a lot of TV shows, actually. <laughs> <laughs> I give a dollar to this one time, because there's all, uh, there's there, what you don't know is there's a lot of formality we have to do on the back end, and we have to give documentation and sign off that everybody received their just amounts. And we have to do accountings. And we have to do give all this information to every beneficiary. And guess what? If you got a dollar, you're a beneficiary. Mm, got it. So they see the whole package then? They see everything then. Uh, and it gives them certain rights. That. Yeah, they get, they, they, they get certain rights they would otherwise not have. So if, they're, if you don't have them in for anything, then they don't have a right to see anything. Right. Okay. You know... It. Well, they know they've been cut out, but they don't know what they've been cut out of. Well, in a will, a will's our public process. Oh, that's so, true. Yeah. So they're going to see what they were cut out of. I mean, that's the reason we do trust is trusts are private. So trust. So when you're using a trust and a properly funded trust, then then they don't get to see anything. Then they're just excluded. Got it. Okay, that makes sense. All right, what, we're, we have another minute or two. If anybody has any questions, now's your chance to ask, and we'll see those pop up here. Uh, so just definitely post them. Uh, anything else you want to add to this? Conference? You did a great job explaining this, by the way. So anything you want to add? I have seen, by the way, in my time, I saw more nightmares. And these were kids that got along perfectly before mom and dad. and Or if mom and dad died at the same time. I've had that happen in a car accident. And then all of a sudden, and it was a large estate. It was a big farm. And all of a sudden, they didn't get along so good anymore. So right. you can't count on the kids getting along like they do now after something like that happens. Well, this is this is what I, I would suggest. Now, while we're going through coronavirus and we're going through these issues, we have a little bit of extra time. You really want to take a look at your beneficiary designations, even if you have a will. Let's say you have it. Um, you want to take a look at your beneficiary designations and kind of lay out a map of where things are going. And if you don't, and if you don't have one, and you have some assets, and you have some family you want to make sure it's taken care of, or a horse you want to get taken care of, make sure you just reach out because it doesn't hurt to call an attorney. Most attorneys that do this area of work. We'll do a 15-minute free consultation and have a, and you know, answer some questions for you. So okay. And do I have to reach out? Obviously, a lot of people are in quarantine right now and are concerned. And, and uh, Mario, you look like you have a little bit of a fever, so I don't really want to come into your office. No. Uh, so uh, do, can we do this without me coming into your office? Yeah, we've been doing um, since, and every state is different. Um, our governor issued that we were allowed to witness via um, video call as long as we like followed certain structure um, we've been doing some of virtual signings and to be honest for some of our older clients or less that are less uh, computer savvy uh, prefer to do what we've been doing as curbside signings as well but we're we're all in the garb do you bring some doing. Chinese out too while you're doing that or it <laughs> would be easier well we come in, it's seriously like you look like we look like we're coming into surgery we have the gloves on we have the mask 
<laughs> we're all six feet of cross as we need the multiple witnesses and the notary there. And we have everything on clipboards and we, we and we spray down the clipboards. Really? Oh yeah. We do we we we're 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 trying to be as safe as possible. <laughs> and we hand, it, we hand it through the window. <laughs> they bring their own pen and they're signing literally on the curb. Um, signing all the documents as we as we are witnessing it through the window, and that's that's valid, and they pass it back through the window. Well, that answers Kathleen's question. Can a lawyer work with someone now, or are they closed for the virus? They're open, and apparently, you can do drive-by signings uh, at this point. Yeah. So, uh, and you'll probably, you know, obviously with email, it makes it easy to work the details and to put send the drafts over and all of that stuff. So, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, uh, also, <laughs> Kathleen says, "Good for you cleaning the clipboard." Um, uh, Karen wants to know: Once you have a will or trust done, how difficult it is to change if you have to make a change? Well, it depends. Well, the will is simple to change. I mean, the will. The problem with the will is. The will, you need all those witnesses and all that formality. And, and the Illinois Do you need the same witnesses or can they be different witnesses? No, on they can chain? be different, different witnesses, okay. but you have to gather a group together from an administrative point. Um, the will, the trust tend to be a lot easier to change because all you need is a one signature for, from the, you don't need to witness a trust. So, but they're both changeable at any time. You could change them easily. For the trust, you just got to make sure it's revocable. Liz asks an interesting question I don't think I've ever heard before. Can I ask to have my horse to be put down on my death? It's your asset. You can instruct however you want the asset to be managed. Yeah, I never heard that one before. Yeah. Um, so anything else you want to add to this conversation? That looks like all the questions that have come in. Well, no, I just want to thank you for the opportunity to speak with you and your audience. And if there are any questions, feel free to contact our office. We can only work in Illinois but we can always try to point you in the right direction for some other attorneys out of state. And do I have the address right? It's Korea Law, like on the screen there? Yes, it is. All right. And so if they're out of state, where do I get? Do I, is Google my best resource? Is there, does every state have a legal, you know, like the legal association oh, where I can look up? A, you'll have a local bar association. So you can always look up the local bar association, or you could also try Google. I, I would do both. I researched the attorneys I was going to meet. Um, I'd also try to Who ask rates them. attorneys, by the way, where, where's the best place to go to get the best ratings? Is it Yelp? Do they do attorneys too? They don't, they, Yelp doesn't do them. <laughs> okay. Avo does some, Avo does, there's a, there's a service called Avo that, that'll do some um, attorney reviews and you could vet attorneys through those. I would just call around and look for somebody in your area and then look for somebody that um, concentrates or specializes in that area of law. Because what you find is you find attorneys that do a lot of different things. And while they might do a good job on what some of those things, you don't know what some of those things are. Right. Okay. So we're searching for family attorneys. We're searching for estate attorneys. Well, I would do, yeah, I wouldn't go with family attorneys because okay. that would probably get you family law and a lot of divorce attorneys. If I was going to go to Google, I would do estate planning attorneys. I would use wills and trust attorneys. And I would try to find somebody relatively close to, close to me that specializes in that area of law that has some good reviews. And then you'll see the reviews on Google Yelp is more food. You won't don't get a lot of reviews on Yelp as attorneys. Um, Avo is another service that's a directory of attorneys. And then you can also try your local bar association. And you can ask for that free short consultation over the phone because you're hiring them. I mean, you're you're interviewing them as much as they're wanting to know if you know you're going to be a client. No, you should you should you should interview them. I mean, yeah. you should be with somebody you're comfortable with. You know, a lot of attorneys can can handle the projects. It's making sure that they're able to capture your wishes and you know, and that you're comfortable with them. Good. 
All right, good. It's koreaLaw.com is where you can... Thank you so much for joining us. This has been very interesting. And, you know, I did this before, but I learned a lot tonight. Really appreciate you being here. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. All right. Thank, thanks, Mario. So that's it for tonight. I'll be back on Wednesday night. I got a graphic here I want to show you. This is what I'm preparing for Wednesday night. We're going to spend a lot of time. Let me take the other thing down here right now. Um, Let me pull this down so that you can see this. So uh, this graphic was just put out today, and it, it really talks about when we might be opening up the country based on the new directives by the White House. And I want to go through those on Wednesday night, the different phases, the three phases. I'm going to go through those on Wednesday night. And we're, this is a look at the states and how the states are, are, are uh, falling and when they might be opening up depending on, on those directives. So what I want to do on Wednesday night is really go through What's the you know what does the White House say? I know not all the governors have to follow that, but we we have that as a guideline now, and how it applies to horse shows. So specifically, I want to go through with you. Okay, the of these three phases, at which phase can a horse show start, and when are we approximately? And said guess, but when are we approximately looking at that could happen, or when is maybe the earliest that could happen? Obviously, it could happen much later if things go south again. So I really want to go through those, and I know not all of us have sat down and going th- read all t- 10 pages of the White House memorandum or bothered to watch the news about it, but I really want to see how it correlates to horse shows. It was interesting. I was having a conversation today with, with uh, someone that's in the know in, in the horse, horse show world, and they're starting to plan now, how can they do horse shows with some, some amount of social distancing? How is that going to change how, how the horse shows work, especially when you have hunter shows with a bunch of people in a ring at the same time? Are those going to have to change? There's a lot of things being looked at right now in the horse show world that, that are going to have to change for a period of time. And every state's going to be different. How do they deal with that? How do you deal with some states that are going to be allowed to have uh, you know, a horse show with no more than 10 people, and other states are going to be 50 people, and uh, other states are going to have opened up by then. So uh, I really want to sit down and go through that with everybody on Wednesday night, step by step. If that's something that bores you to death, then don't join me at 5 o'clock on Wednesday for that. Uh, if it's something you're interested in, I'm doing a lot of research on it. I maybe have another guest with me to talk about it. Uh, but we really want to go through that on Wednesday night and see where we're all at and when you might possibly be able to go to our show. If that sounds interesting to you, uh, let me know. Um, <clears throat> uh, that was a good question, Kathleen, and he wasn't here at the time. Uh, uh, she said, does it matter if your will is in a different state than you live? No, it, it, I don't think it matters as long as you, it was legal in the state. You started it in, but I'm not an attorney, so that is a good question. You might want to Google that one. Uh, but at, anyway, that'll be what Wednesday night is. So what's going to happen now is I'll do Wednesday night uh, and probably Friday night. Oh, it's my birthday, so I may not do Friday night. We'll have to see how I feel. And then I'm going to do Tuesday and Thursday mornings for my morning post. So I'll do one tomorrow morning and then one again on Thursday morning. I'm basically cutting the corona uh, coverage in half to try and save my sanity. Uh, and doing two shows a week for uh, five weeks was was wearing me out. So, uh, And I wanted to thank everybody, too. We did have a loss in the family. I wanted to thank everybody who reached out uh, with their condolences and sent us messages. And we got cards from some of our listeners as well. So Jennifer and I and Pat, 
uh, Jennifer's mom, really appreciate all all the uh, best wishes. It was really odd uh, having a you know a member of your family die. It was Jennifer's stepdad, and not going to a funeral immediately. It was something that I've never experienced in my life before. Uh, in Pennsylvania, they were only allowed to have ten people at the funeral, and that included the people who work at the funeral home. So if you figure four of them, there was only six allowed. So we're going to have a service much later. <clears throat> he was a veteran, so there'll be a military service. But it was a very strange thing to go through, and I've. It was just odd that you know Jennifer couldn't even go to be with her mom. Uh, so it's uh, it's a very weird time, as we all know. It's just weird, but I think we discover new things that are weird every day. Uh, that's the thing, you know. We've been doing this for six, eight weeks, some of us, and it. It just gets weirder all the time. It's just new weird things all the time. So anyway, uh, that's uh, and I'm sure it's going to continue to get weirder. It's going to get weirder before it gets less weird over time. So I'll be back tomorrow morning with the post. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me, a blog post on horses in the morning, horse radio network, and my personal page. And then we'll be back here for Corona coverage on uh, Wednesday night. Don't forget, Horses in the Morning, we had a fun show this morning. There'll be the Certified Horsemanship Association. We'll be giving away, or actually, we'll be talking about new prizes to give away on Friday, really bad ads. We'll have our first really bad ads in a while. Apologize for that, but uh, with everything that happened, we lost two really bad ads, and I know you all miss it. So we'll be doing that on Friday. And don't forget, all the other shows on the Horse Radio Network at horseradionetwork.com. I hope you're enjoying this coverage. Uh, if you didn't catch all of it or missed the beginning, we'll put, we'll put it up on Horses in the morning uh, podcast feed. You can find it there and listen to the whole thing in its entirety in audio form. Thanks, everybody. Have a good, safe night.